Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and joined by a man that if he really cared about our listeners, the best thing he could do is to stay away from them. Brent. <laughs> Brent. <laughs> At least 50 yards. <laughs> and a man who uh, proves you don't have to be Amish to look Amish. That's Ski. right, yeah. So. <laughs> it's a good line. I, I thought so, is that, too. Is that your own? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it may sound similar to one you heard in this episode, <laughs> but, but Ski definitely did not appear in the episode at all. Did I ever tell you, uh, I looked at old uh, like photo albums. My dad had like an Amish beard for a oh, while. Oh, really? <laughs> Straight up did. It looked hilarious. <laughs> he, he, I, I think he was, because uh, I think I was probably early teens when I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I think he was amused by the fact that I laughed so much at his <laughs> Amish-looking beard. He yeah. kept it around. I, 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 I didn't have it for a long time. It was before I was even old enough to realize. Yeah. But There's probably a few pictures out me that out there of me that my kids would really enjoy. I should dig those <laughs> up at some point. Or maybe I'll just let them discover them on their own yeah. someday. Uh, but today we are going over a Season 5, Episode 15, Triple Play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent is uh-huh. going to be doing our recap today. Right? Correct? Hi. Are we still doing the intro? Yeah, I'm still doing the intro. Okay. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, just if I say Brent and it's part of the intro, you feel like hello is what needs exactly. to follow. <laughs> Fair enough. But yes, I've got a recap. We're okay. all prepared. All right, you just made I've me a little nervous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I didn't uh, have a chance today. You may hear this on the end if you listen all the way through to the bonus material at the yeah. end. But I didn't have a chance today to go through and compile um, mm-hmm. Some of our great listener uh, mm-hmm. feedback, yeah. but Brent actually has had some listener interactions that he uh, yeah. said he could share with us today. Yeah, I would I would say that as far as we go, like our Insta is you know not quite blowing up, but you know we've had like people commenting and stuff, and oh, so yeah. that's been very nice. And so we've had a little back and forth, and I found like thirty seven different ways to be self deprecating upon <laughs> any comment that was even vaguely complimentary. <laughs> Well, I mean, most of your posts are self-deprecating in and of themselves, yeah. <laughs> which they're good posts. You should definitely follow us on Instagram. Brent's the one who's in charge of that at this point, uh, and, he, and he's doing a great job with it, in my you. opinion. Um, he puts funny stuff out there. He doesn't, and he, he's not going to blow up your feed either. Correct. He'll put two, three things out there a week, and, and they'll yeah, all be quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be, you know, mostly reminders that our show exists. Um, exactly. But not trying to push you into listening. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Just hey, let you know us? every Monday there'll be a pox upon your house. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, so did you have uh, any specific uh, interactions you wanted to tell us about? Nah, they're all good. Oh. <laughs> so you told me you could talk about it, and you just wanted to tell me that people contacted you? Well, yeah, guess yeah. what? People have also contacted us through Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You got your shout-out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you, I w- everybody. I will, in a near-future episode, uh, make sure to catch up a little bit on uh, mentioning some of our interactions. I could bring up uh, the recent purchase that James made. Oh, what purchase? Oh, the the license plate that yeah. he meant? Yeah. Our friend James uh, went to an antiques mall or something with uh, his wife, and he found a uh, Golden Girls license plate. Oh, nice. And uh, he's Like he a legit one? Like a vanity uh, plate? Like eight, eight. Yeah, vanity plate, I think. Yeah. Not, not, not a, not a customized was... plate. Gotcha. That would be great, though. Uh-huh. It was like the, the first one that someone got Golden Girls on a plate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was eight uh, letters, too, so mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the actual real or just someone created one for... Like what were the eight letters? Collectors, like G L N D. It was a definitely a vanity plate. It was not. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. uh, 
Not like the state of Indiana. We need to play no, it was, it was for, from Dade County, Miami. I think. Oh, nice. Mm. Oh, very nice. How much did he fork over for that? It was like 15 bucks, I think. Oh, wow. So I said, get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he bought that for him. He bought me a Simpsons item he saw there, and he bought mm-hmm. himself a 1969 Pacers shot glass or glass of some sort. Nice. So, yeah, he, he made quite the haul there at the antique store. <laughs> His wife got herself a new collection of shawls. No. <laughs> 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 His wife is definitely the type of person who would go into a an antique store or a flea market or mm-hmm. a Goodwill outlet uh-huh. and go looking like she has an eye for I can turn I can flip that for ten dollars yeah. more or five dollars more yeah. or whatever than they're selling it. So yeah. I don't doubt that she walked out with something, but it was unlikely it was something she intended to keep or use. Gotcha. So maybe a handful of things. Or maybe. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you for sure. She's definitely. She's a uh, garage sailor. Mm-hmm. She has like she essentially does her own version of Goodwill Outlet in front of their house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, she finds the good stuff, I guess, yeah. there and, and turns yeah. a profit. So yeah, nothing more that you wear gloves for to get. Uh, yeah, because I've heard at Goodwill Outlets they've got like everything in bins. Mm-hmm. And you got to like wear gloves or something because there's sometimes broken glass or. Mm-hmm. It's like stuff. a game from Saw. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> there's just <the> syringes. <laughs> <and> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I found some old <laughs> insulin needles. Right. Do we need extras, Mom? <laughs> but um, I had a little story I wanted to tell you guys. If yeah, go ahead. Okay, as long as your as long as your recap <laughs> isn't uh, too chock full. No, no, it's good. Okay, it's good. So I had a, a situation, and this story. I mean, it has it all, Brent. It okay. has and ski. <laughs> <laughs> it has a uh, you know a fear. Okay. Um, triumph. Ooh. Uh, intrigue. Ooh. Uh, I'm intrigued already. Yeah, just just. Uh, the whole gamut of emotions. Uh-huh. Um, well, All three of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was triumph, uh-huh. failure, uh-huh. Uh, discovery. So uh, everything you can, you know, mm-hmm. it, this story's got it all. Okay. All as, right. Well, I got to tell you, as far as I'm concerned, there are only two emotions. Okay. okay? Ennui and horniness. Zero and 60. That's I, all I got. Okay. I, it, this, this story may have ended with some ennui. <laughs> there was never any horniness that was involved. So I guess it does not Only run your you're gamut. telling it. <laughs> some so, spectrums are different. All right. <laughs> so the kids had a soccer game, and it was back-to-back soccer games. So we were gone for like three hours. Okay. Um, and they were early. Uh, Sherry had, we had been up late the night before, and Sherry uh-huh. was not feeling well, so she slept in. Yeah. I took the kids to the soccer room. Uh-huh. I get back and there's this loud, like, buzzing, rattling type sound. Okay. Um, and I can smell a little bit of a burning smell. Uh-huh. Like in your car, you mean? No, in the house. Oh. I walk uh-huh. in the house, and so I don't know how long this sound has been going on. Uh-huh. I come down here to the basement where we do our podcast at, and uh-huh. it sounds louder down here, mm-hmm. in where like the furnace and stuff is. So I'm trying to turn the air conditioner on and off. I'm mm-hmm. thinking I'm thinking it's a fan or some sort of yeah. problem with that. That maybe there's something jammed. Because um, it's just this constant loud buzzing. Mm-hmm. So I go around and I, you know, the breaker uh, box is right by that. And so I'm going through it trying to figure out like which yeah. one goes to which. Yeah. Finally, I get to the one that uh, has the basement lights specifically. Mm-hmm. And I turn that off and the sound goes off. But yeah. also the lights in the basement go off. Yep. Uh, <laughs> as, as they're wont to do. <laughs> right. And, you know, so I turn it off and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I turn it back on. Like maybe it's something that will reset itself yeah. a little bit. Turn it back on. Immediately the sound starts going again yeah. as soon as I turn it on. So I turn it back off. I'm like, son of a bitch, there's something wrong with our HVAC. Mm-hmm. And I could tell that this sound was coming up from the duct where the the air comes into the, mm-hmm. the uh, furnace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, well, I wonder, there wouldn't normally be a fan there, but I have heard, I'm looking on my phone and researching, and I'm like, well, I 
I guess sometimes there could be fans that help with the, mm -hmm. the induction of the air in order to take a little stress yeah. off of your uh, you know, HVAC units. So I'm like, well, maybe it's that because, you know, the people who lived here before us, they had put a lot of, you know, Extra little things exactly there. in yeah. the house that uh, that aren't super common. So I thought, OK, well, maybe it's that. Mm -hmm. like, Shit, do I need to call like dial one hour? Yeah, um, yeah. get a darn good one to come in. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so but, but luckily with that one turned off, the it, it wasn't the breaker that went to the AC and the AC was still working fine. Yeah. So I was like, OK, even if this fan or whatever is not working, mm -hmm. the AC is OK. I'm like, all right, well, I can't deal with this right now. And I and I leave the area. Mm -hmm. Then as we're getting closer to the end of the night here, um, and you guys are going to be coming over, I'm like, shit, mm -hmm. there's no lights in the basement, so yeah. I'm going to have to go try to <laughs> figure this out. And I had already... my candle on, just <laughs> right. like Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. But I already popped this little thing off of uh, off of the air duct um, that you know had like a little power source to uh -huh. it, and I could see where the, the power was coming into this thing making the sound. Yeah. So I popped that thing off. Um, you know, I had a flashlight and all that so that I could see still. And I disconnect those things. And I'm not a super handy guy by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Say handy or handsy? Uh, uh, neither. <laughs> neither. I think I can safely say neither. I've never, I've never been me too'd. Uh -huh. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't give any unwanted massages or, or hugs or whatnot. He uh -huh. says that, but I can tell you in, in my experience. <laughs> oh, you, you would he call yours unwanted. unwanted. Exactly. But anyway, so but I I felt proud of myself because yeah. I I, un, I undid those yeah. uh, the power supply going into it, mm -hmm. turn the the switch back on, the lights come on, but I'm not hearing the sound. Mm -hmm. Walk upstairs as soon as I get to the top of the steps, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm hearing the sound again. Mm -hmm. Sherry comes out of the other room and I'm like, you hear that right? Uh -huh. uh, and she's like, yeah, that's still going on. So I'm like, shit. And mm -hmm. I notice this. Uh, and she's like, I think it's over that box on the wall that we've never touched uh -huh. before. So I get up there and I, you know, jostle this box off the wall <laughs> and there's, you know, power supply going into that. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. I run back down to the basement, turn the, the switch off again, come back up, disconnect it, come back down, make sure, okay, that is what I was doing. But what is that box? Uh -huh. I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't recognize the product name that's uh -huh. on here. And it doesn't specifically say, and I'm like, did I just like disable a fucking carbon monoxide detector uh -huh. in our house? Yeah. <laughs> and we're all... <laughs> gonna die do i need to call brenton ski and tell him <laughs> to not come by uh -huh. and so i look at the, the product name and i uh look it up on my phone and it appears that this product is typically associated with doorbells oh, and uh yeah and i was like son of a bitch so i go out in front of our house and i notice that our doorbell is depressed in and slightly uh, stuck so it was just oh the no, doorbell the going off time. yeah and apparently they installed this the doorbell mm -hmm. ringer yeah. On the side of a duft down here in the basement, uh, <laughs> for, for lack of a better place to put it. Maybe if people are down here. Well, yeah, but like, couldn't you put it on a wall or something? It's an odd yeah. thing to just to put it on the side of a duct. So then I, you know, once I got that undone, came back down, turned the power yeah. off again, reconnected everything, and then uh, realized that yeah, that's all it was. So yeah. I, I'm thankful that even though I'm not handy enough to fix an, fix an HVAC yeah. on my own, mm -hmm. I am cheap enough mm -hmm. that I'm going to try to fix a problem before yeah. I hire someone to come yeah. out. <laughs> so, so anyways, that was... That's 99% of all my repairs at home. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Just desire not to spend the money on right. it. Yeah. Let's see what YouTube has to say before I... <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, it was... Uh, I felt... 
glad that I fixed the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a little proud of myself for you know figuring out you yeah. know disconnecting power lines yeah. or you know power mm-hmm. supply and whatnot. Yeah. But then also stupid as fuck that yeah. it's like oh my doorbell was just going off yeah, yeah. And, and I was about to call the fire department. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We had the same thing the past week, actually. And so Monday, we are like, oh, shit. Like, the garbage disposal's been, like, you know, on its last legs for a while now. Mm-hmm. And something was not quite right. There was some sort of a leak down there. Um, but it's gotten really, really bad. Lately. Ours had the same issue before we yeah. had to replace ours. So, like, we called up plumbers, whatever, because there's water everywhere down there. And he shows up, and he's like, yeah, you definitely need to replace the garbage disposal and the surrounding pipes and everything and then he was like and I want to you know open up this panel he calls it a panel basically it's like the back of the kitchen cabinet that has like the sink and stuff mm, okay. um, and then like so on the other side of that there was a galvanized pipe that was also rusted and so there's water coming out of that oh, oh, no. so we had all of this stuff and then we were talking to him and everything and then like one thing led to another and he was a good guy and everything we decided to go ahead and like well while you're here and everything seems reasonable, let's just go ahead and get a tankless water heater because we've always wanted one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we can definitely do that. And then one thing led to another, and it's like, well, you need to go ahead and get a water softener because otherwise it voids the warranty. Oh. And so it just went from like this, you know, $250 thing to, a, you know, a 10 grand thing <laughs> or whatever. And it was fine. Like, we knew what we were getting into, and we weren't rubes or anything. Right. And so we got it all figured out. And so on Monday, he fixed the garbage disposal, and he's like, ah, you know, um, tankless water heater guys will be here tomorrow, Tuesday. And so on Tuesday, they show up, and they do everything, and then like, oh, well, what you got here? You need an electrician to come out and redo <laughs> this. Christ. So that was Wednesday oh. that the electrician came out, and then Thursday, we were just sort of, you know, dealing with some stuff that was going on. And so then on Friday, I was using the... Um, the bathroom in my office upstairs and there's no water pressure in the sink mm. and so that'll be Monday tomorrow <laughs> in our timeline. <laughs> so at what point did you uh, decide to move out of the house? <laughs> Burn into the ground. So when you were upstairs did you fall through a hole and you were like stuck in a blanket and your wife came up and found <laughs> exactly. you? Exactly. <laughs> and she's complaining because I got ceiling in her line of beans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite documentary now jokes. <laughs> Well, I, I did, as you were talking about that stuff and the fact that you're doing a recap too here, I did mm-hmm. want to mention several people did reach out and they enjoyed your uh, your rhyming oh, uh, nice. verse style. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Somebody was complimentary about it on the Instagram. Oh, very and nice. I said something like, you know, it had everything a rhymed recap needs except for the word intrauterine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they did not give that a little heart, so they're dead to me. <laughs> Sorry, knew me. No, somebody else. Um, but no, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, they're not dead to me at all. Well, I know. I appreciated the compliment because it was about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I did. I will specifically mention one one contact we gotten. Um, okay. But specifically, it, it mentioned your recap. It was uh, Mario sent us one. Oh, nice. Yeah, we haven't uh, heard from Mario real recently, so it was yeah, nice. Yeah. And he wanted to congratulate you. He said that the episode was pure gold. Thank you. Um, he enjoyed Thanks, it Mario. quite a bit. He said that uh, he was surprised that you had not already written a book. Oh. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a nice compliment. Yeah, it is. And he thought that our other uh, bucket list items were obtainable. <laughs> 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 so, 
he thinks that you should uh, write a novel where the three main characters are podcasters. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'll, I'll have more to mention in, in future episodes. But uh, well, whatever I you said, shot your memory to that one. I think any of us writing about podcasting would be a bad idea. Why do you think that? Because you're supposed to write what you know. <laughs> Very nice. Well, listen, we've, we've got, you know, over 100 hours of content out there that we've probably spent an extra couple hundred hours making. Mm-hmm. That even only leaves us like 9,700 more hours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to master it. So we're, we're, we're on our way. On our way, indeed. On our way. Heading in the right direction. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't have any other things to add today. Uh, do you ski? I don't think so. Well, and Brent, take it away with the recap. Okay. Uh, so we've got uh, Golden Girls Season 5, Episode 15, Triple Play. It debuted on January 27th, 1990. It was directed by fresh-faced newcomer Terry Hughes and was written <laughs> by Gail Parent. Although we discussed Gail when we recapped episodes about Blanche's daughter getting artificially inseminated and Sophia's friend wanting to kill herself, we may have neglected to mention that Gail wrote the screenplay for the 2004 Lindsay Lohan film Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Oh, very nice. Gail Parent was 64 at the time, uh, <laughs> which, which coincidentally is Finger how old Lindsay pulse. Lohan is at the time of uh. this recording. <laughs> Say what? That's how old Lindsay Lohan is currently. <laughs> At least the age she's put on herself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. She's lived 64 years worth of life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's done some living crammed into her 40. Yeah. I don't know how old yeah, is she. I don't even think she's that old yet. But uh, yeah. yeah, I saw a recent like commercial it was for like Planet Fitness. Mm-hmm. And, like talking about it was Lindsay Lohan was on it was like. You ever wonder where Lindsay went? <laughs> and she went to Planet Fitness. I guess she's doing commercials for them now. Okay, so is uh, Wait, Dennis I'm Rodman. <laughs> but like that was that the gist of the commercial? Yes. Like literally, the tagline is "Where did she go?" Yeah, and she's on a treadmill there. Huh. So that's cool. Well, Lindsay is thirty-five. At thirty-five. This point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. If uh, if Lindsay is sixty-four, based on the uh, the years of living that she's uh-huh. done, I'm probably not even into teenage years yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we had 10 things that happened on January 27th that I felt were, you know, worthy of mentioning. Okay. So in 1918, uh, Elmore James, a man who's got nothing on John Lennon, was born. And that joke was a George Harrison deep cut, and it wow. goes out to all the Beatle maniacs in <laughs> Sophia's Toy Station. <laughs> I'm sure that person will enjoy it. I hope so. <laughs> so I would like you to explain it to me later. Oh, sure. um, in George Harrison's song, For You Blue, uh, John Lennon does a little slide guitar, and George is like, Elmo James got nothing on this baby. Okay, <laughs> I gotcha. So that's all it was. I like it. It, it always makes me laugh whenever I hear it. So. <laughs> Anywho, um, so 1952, uh, former Saturday Night Live band leader, and prior to that, former husband to Gilda Radner, G.E. Smith was born. Mm. G.E. was the band leader for Bob Dylan's 30th anniversary concert celebration, and when I was watching that with the wife, her ignorance of who he was drove home how much of a difference six years can make in a couple. (laughs) Um, But beyond being Dylan's guitarist, he was also the guitarist for David Bowie and for Mick Jagger, and I think he might be the only person to hold the role for all three of them. Man, that's that's, that's probably true, but I also think that... Story uh, career right there. Yeah, and he wrote the Wayne's World theme song. I think that your Party threshold on. for ignorance is really unfair. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have a specific knowledge set that not a lot of people have. <laughs> so my six years of difference, yes, I know who G.E. Smith is, yeah. but I don't know any of those other accomplishments that he had. <laughs> but like, so like we were watching it, and you know G.E. Smith pops up, and I was like, 
oh, yeah, I forgot. G.E. Smith was in charge of this. And she was like, who is G.E. Smith? And I was like, from Saturday Night Live. And she was like, no, it was the one lady. And I was like, no, before the one lady was G.E. Smith. <laughs> he was a long time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can, I remember watching older, yeah, like, like older, like, like Chris Farley years and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he ran the band for like 10 years or something That's like that. That's a long that. time. Yeah. That's a good run. Yeah. I remember like when they got rid of him, because um, like they got rid of him and like a bunch of cast members all at the same time. It was mm. like one of their retooling years or whatever. <laughs> and like the article I read said, um, uh, in order to make the show better, they've gotten rid of G.E. Smith. They're right. Now the whole show's a joke <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> or now the band is a joke uh. or something. It was, it just made me laugh at the time. Anywho, so in 1957, uh, Sin City creator Frank Miller was born. I'd love to take a weekend and rewatch both Sin City films and this I'm, film version of The Spirit. And I'm curious about which one's aged the best. I've never watched the second Sin City. Mm -hmm. I've owned it for years, yeah. but never gotten around to watch it. Which I, I love the first one. Yeah. Pretty decent. I thought it was a good sequel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were some moments that like I really, really enjoyed in the second one, and then also some moments I was like, "That is the craziest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. I've always thought Ski was the yellow bastard of this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I work for Barry, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so there's a, I'm not going to say his name. My cousin he's Barry? Yeah. He's probably listening right now. <laughs> but there's one of the... Uh, Marvin. <laughs> there's one of the vice presidents. Just power through. <laughs> that uh, when I saw him, he's kind of like the bald head look and stuff. I'm like, when I saw him, I was like, Totally reminds me of him, the <laughs> character from Sin City. Uh, well, let's hope he, he doesn't have, have the quite same the bulbous nose or oh, well, that's good. the foreign body parts. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully not the same disposition. <laughs> no, I hope not. Because he dies in the second one, right? He dies in the first one, doesn't he? I thought he shot. Yeah, I thought he shot him in the first one. Unless it comes yeah. back, do you remember? I don't. Oh no, he does. Oh no, you're right. Um, that's what I'm thinking. So, anyways, so he dies horribly in the first one. Right. Okay. Um, his dad was Powers Booth. You know, in the first one, mm -hmm. you know, Senator Rourke. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in the second one, you know, Senator Rourke's in there as well. Okay. And I guess it's like, well, maybe in case you forgot, they put a little picture of the yellow bastard <laughs> on Senator Rourke's desk. And I was like, I'm sure he loved his son, but I imagine he could find a better <laughs> picture than the right. one where he's all yellow <laughs> shit. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would definitely think that he'd be able to, you know, scrounge up a baby picture <laughs> exactly, or something. Exactly. Or maybe something some black and white like the rest yeah. of the world. <laughs> we have so little in color, though, Brent. Exactly. We've got yet to introduce it in. If you only have the one picture that can add a pop to the office. That's true. <laughs> so. All right. So in 1959, um, hard to defend pundit Keith Olbermann was born. So big mm, Keith Olbermann yeah, fan. yeah. So um, the first podcasts that I ever listened to were Keith Olbermann's podcast. Oh, really? Yep, and it was on my Zoom. <laughs> How about that? And it was basically just the audio only of his previous night's episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that you're like, those fucking chumps in their iPods. I know. I can't. <laughs> Microsoft is king. <laughs> I know. I died on that Zoom hill so many times. Um, a guy we used to work with. He was big into the iPhone and the iPod and the iPod Nano. Like he had all the iterations or whatever. Mm. It was expensive. And, and we would go round and around in a friendly, joking type sure. manner, like the way like two people who enjoy like two different sports teams from the same sport. Right. <laughs> so, 
that's the best sports analogy. I like the idea that you like came into work wearing a Zune hat and your Zune number one phone finger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which would work on the Zune because it's rotary dial was yeah. you know, tactile. <laughs> None of that screen-based stuff. Yeah, and now I like the idea of thinking of it as like a rotary phone where yeah. it's like, five gets you the Eagle Women podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, and flows there on the other end, uh, connecting yeah. you in. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, in 1964, underappreciated actress and Betty White's Lake Placid co-star Bridget Fonda was born. Mm. Not going to defend Lake Plastic, but I'll never miss an opportunity to shower Jackie Brown with love. Mm. Uh, 1965, underappreciated James Bond henchman Alan Cumming was born. Oh. Yeah, beyond meeting James Bond, he also got to attend a second chance prom with Romy and Michelle, to say nothing of getting to meet not only Josie, but the Pussycats <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, know, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, Romeo and Michelle, I, I, I remember liking, but I think I've only seen it once, mm -hmm. possibly twice, but yeah. either way, it was quite a while. Yeah. You know, they made the uh, post its. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> they did. Just the one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 1969, underappreciated actor Patton Oswalt was born. If you don't feel he's got range, check out Blade Trinity, Ratatouille, Big Fan, Justified, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and AP Bio. Dude's <laughs> more than just the third male lead on King of Queens. <laughs> Would you say that in all those, he's almost or he's essentially the exact same character, though? Oh, no. He like, was awesome in... Uh... Like, I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Koning, that is totally different than Big Fan. You know, okay. Well, I don't think I've seen Big Fan, and I justified. I think that's probably his best. And I haven't watched ever. Justified either. That's, so that's one of the time on my list. You know, one of uh, Nikki's favorite episodes. Sorry, I'll you continue. Uh, one of her favorite little series on, I think it was Showtime, was United States of Terror. Have okay. you guys heard of that one? Yeah, yeah, I've heard, heard of it. that. I never uh, watched He was it. on that one. Okay, he was really good. Yeah, that was actually the first time I ever saw Brie Larson. Mm. Yeah, that was one of her first videos. Oh, okay, so. yeah, we um we're. So we finally got around to watching season four, the final season of AP Bio mm -hmm. um, last week, I guess it was. And he's really good in it. But there was this one scene with him and Paula Pell, and that most of their scenes are with each other or whatever. But basically, <coughs> she was like trying to go back to some regressed memories from a former life, mm -hmm. whatever. And so like, she like she's talking to a psychic, and the psychic's like, "Okay, well, what you need to do is um, there's a stairwell in your mind." And she's like, oh, the stairwell, that's what it's for? Okay, well, I'm good. On your way. <laughs> you just miss her. And then, like, she, like, like reenacts herself, like, walking through her mind in a stairwell. And it's so, and, like, going down the stairs or whatever. And then, like, basically in a former, I, her best friend is Patton Oswalt, but in a former life, he sold her 10 bales of hay but only delivered 9 bales of oh. hay. And his, ex his excuse was her horse had eaten the 10th bale. <laughs> and so anyway, she's mad at him. And he's, he's you know, upset saying, you know, I would never do that. So then he goes down his mind stairwell <laughs> to the day that he sold her the 10 bales. And, and sure enough, he had accidentally shorted her one. <laughs> it was, but it was just this brother bit of performance. Uh, both by both of them, but especially by Paula. So. <laughs> that does sound great. Yeah. So, anywho. Um, so, in 1993, the fourth most handsome actor in The Princess Bride, Andre the Giant, died. <laughs> so, he, so, so, who would be one through three? Um, I would go with Wallace Shawn, and then Peter Falk, and then Carrie Elways. Oh, okay. Very nice. In that order? Yes. Specifically? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Damn, Wallace Shawn's the best. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so in 2014, America's grandpa, Pete Seeger, died. 
And in 2021, America's Mama, Horace Leachman, died. Mm. And I think that when she passed, she was the only active actress that I truly considered to be one of Betty's peers. And, I think so. Uh, yeah. She, like, by far outlived so many people from her era. Oh, yeah, yeah. She danced on many a grave. Yeah, I think if you live to 100, then, you know, you definitely, at least to this point in time, have far exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so you guys ready for some content? Yep. Yes. All right, act one, scene one. So the episode starts with Sophia uh, scurrying into the room, asking Dorothy if they know a Cecilia, being mm-hmm. informed it's her soon-to-be-deceased cousin, and announcing that the next time she'll accept the charges. It might be the strongest opening joke an episode of The Goldens has ever had. It was pretty good. Uh, that that was that. a strong joke. I mean, I wrote that one down, so it's certainly... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This one got me... I felt like I made a lot of notes in the first uh, first mm-hmm. act. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. <laughs> Um, so another phone call is received. Uh, we learn that Blanche is fraudulently advertising a Mercedes for sale. While I don't condone her ruse, I at least appreciate the fact that nobody's going to lose tenure this time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy comments that you can tell a lot about a man by the way he drives, and then comments on Stan being unable to put his key in the ignition. It's another powerhouse, and we're not even two minutes into the episode. Right. <laughs> and if anybody's not sure the reference Brent just made, check out Season 1, Episode 20, yes. uh, Adult Education. That's right. And then you'll be able to <laughs> put the puzzle pieces together. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so Rose and Arnie return from a date. Uh, Dorothy greets them both, but mispronounces Arnie's name as Miles. The Goldens, over- <laughs> the Goldens overlook her faux pas. Uh, Rose and Arnie say that they recently came back from a revival of Tennessee Williams' The Glass Menagerie. Dorothy says it's one of her favorites, and Rose says she'd expected a revival of Tennessee Williams' Corpse. Say what you want about Rose, but at least she respects legitimate theater. Arnie, <laughs> Arnie tells Rose that he's never met anyone like her, and Sophia suggests he check the cornfields on Hee Haw. Gail Perrin has gone three for three this episode. Right, yeah. I feel like that in previous episodes, Gail has written that I wasn't, I don't remember being a huge fan of him. I, I guess I have to really go back. I don't yeah. really pay attention. I think we were angry at the artificial insemination episode and with you know her friend wanting to kill herself. Mm. It was just a bummer. Yeah. So this is her first chance to shine comedically, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's off to a great start. Yeah. So, and they brought the Tennessee Williams connection. Exactly. That's uh, what, the second or third time they've brought up. (laughs) At least. (laughs) Seems to be very tangentially related to this show. Yeah. You listen to past episodes, Brent's mentioned it. Exactly. Maybe like 10 episodes back. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, Sophia's buzz is wearing off. So, her and Dorothy head to the kitchen to see if Rose left any of her stash behind. It's discovered that Arnie's having a birthday dinner with his daughter the following night, and the scene ends with it turning into a birthday luncheon on the lanai. Very nice. Yeah, I think you hit on all the uh, particularly good jokes in that episode. Um, now I will say... Whole one? Whole thing? We're done? What's that? Not that episode, sorry. <laughs> in, that, in that opening opening portion. <laughs> but you are going... Nope, the rest of it's bad. <laughs> at, at the rate you're reading, though, I just want to let you know, We've already passed my super short episode just with okay. our talking at the beginning, yeah. so there's no record you're trying to beat here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got three more pages here. You do have a very large recap um, by your standards. I know. Oftentimes, you're spit on a post-it. Exactly. <laughs> and then you'll have no, all of your... No, that's not true. He usually has at least a page and a half of extra stuff ahead of time. That's true. Which yeah. we appreciate immensely. Yeah. It is on the most entertaining. Yeah. He puts more work into his episodes than I think either of us do. I agree. Yeah. I feel kind of bad about that, to be honest. I don't feel bad about it. Just feel good about Brent. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad about you. You don't have, need to have Brent's well, hard work make you feel I, bad. I think he's <laughs> funnier than I am. So the fact that his uh, 
pot, his uh, recaps are also better than mine. Mm. Makes me feel like I'm not pulling my weight. Okay. Well, think about it this way, though. I also think he's funnier than I am, or you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is, is that, like, you don't consider, I don't think, sense of humor to be one of your defining qualities, <laughs> whereas I do. So how much worse is it for me that he's funnier <laughs> than I am than it is for you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like if all of a sudden you had a more vast musical knowledge than him. Imagine how much of a blow to his ego that would be. (laughs) (laughs) If you're correcting him about the guitar, and he's like, no, actually, there was was another guy who played for those three. Exactly. I'm spending the weekend (laughs) studying my Dvorak. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So this week's episode is entitled Triple Play, and Gail Parent used that title because there are three concurrent storylines in play. Uh, the Goldens have tried this before to mixed results, but so far, Gail is doing a great job at keeping the action flowing in all three directions. Although, to be fair, at this point, only two of the balls are in play. Mm. So, since this episode will be dropping right around the time the weather gets nice enough to enjoy some baseball, I thought it'd be fun to spend this week's deep dive talking a bit about the triple play. And in triple, triple play fashion, there are three types of triple plays I'd like to discuss. All right. So, uh, so first off, we've got the routine triple play. Okay. So for those that don't know, in baseball, the triple play is when you make three consecutive outs during a single play. Sure. So during eight, since 1876, there have only been 727 triple plays in Major League Baseball. And the reason the triple play is rare is because for it to occur, you need two base runners and zero outs. And this occurs less than 2% of the time. In comparison, a double play is possible when you've got at least one base runner and fewer than two outs. And this occurs over 25% of the time. Do you so, have the number on how many double plays there have been in baseball history? I'm sure there's been a, no, a ton I, more. I do not. <laughs> do not. Um, so even if you're in that rare situation that only occurs 1.5% of the time, it still has to occur during an activity that allows the defense to make three outs. Strikeouts and fly balls don't normally provide an opportunity for the triple play. So an oversimplification for the most recent routine triple play is June 20th, 2021. And that was between the Yankees, boo, and the, <laughs> and the Oakland Athletics, yay. <laughs> so at the top of the ninth with runners on first and second, Big the A's. Jose Canseco fan. Ah, oh, yeah, it was, man. The Bash <laughs> brothers, they were, they were my jam back in the day. Mm-hmm. So the A's batter uh, hit a ground ball straight to third base. The third baseman tagged third, threw the ball to second baseman, who tagged second base, and then who threw the ball to the first baseman, who tagged first base. So that was the most recent routine triple Very play. Nice. I wonder okay. what the rarest triple play is. Oh, like we're getting there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so next, um, we've got the unassisted triple play. Okay. okay. This is rarer than the triple play, okay? And this involves a single player making all three outs on their own. That it seems almost impossible. It's only happened 15 times and not at all since 2009. Okay. This makes it rarer than the perfect game, which has happened 23 times. And so over half of the unassisted triple plays occurred when the shortstop caught a line drive, touched second base, and then tagged the runner. And there were also two instances where the first baseman was able to catch a line drive, tag out the runner who started on first base, and then make it to second base before that runner could return. Oh, okay. Wow. So... I, they're, they're pulling their weight and then some. Yeah. It makes you wonder. They're like, I really don't trust that guy at second base to toss him this ball. Yeah, <laughs> to exactly. make that third out. I better well, just jog I mean, this one out. Yeah. The, the, especially like short uh, throws like that, a lot of times you're worried about overthrows. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah well, especially if you've got your body momentum going mm-hmm. and the adrenaline and whatnot. Yeah. So. so you know what's rarer than the unassisted triple play? No, I don't, but I hope you'll tell us. I will. The unfielded triple play. Okay. Okay. The rarest triple play. 
In fact, it's so rare, it's never happened in a Major League Baseball game. <laughs> okay. okay. Does it happen in, like, minor league or something? Or? Yeah. yeah. So it involves three outs without any assistance from the defense. Okay. Okay. So for this to occur, the batter needs to hit an infield fly, okay, which is a ball that doesn't need to be caught in order for it to be counted as an out. If the runner from first base passes the runner from second base, he's going to be called out. And in the if, if the infield fly hits the runner from second base as it returns to earth, he is also called out. <laughs> so I mentioned well, that again. would suck. Yeah. So it's never <laughs> happened in a major league baseball game, but it did occur in 1986 during a spring training game in Sarasota, Florida, Florida, between the Florida. minor league like clubs of the Houston Astros and the Chicago White Stockings. Is there? I wonder if there's video of this. I'd love to see this. <laughs> oh, no. there, there's just a you know witness testimony uh. as to what happened in the box scores, but. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. The announcer was going crazy, like, I can't believe it! Yeah. <laughs> so explain it to me again. How does the first player get out? So the first player, um, if you pass another runner, then you're out. Okay. Like, no matter what happens, you have to stay behind the runner who's ahead yeah, of you on the bases. Mm -hmm. so. so if you're running from, like, you hit the ball, you're mm -hmm. running to, to first, you round first, mm -hmm. and the person from first hasn't got to second yet. He oh, okay, him, so, he so that, that right? first guy is passing the guy that's mm -hmm. so slow <laughs> that exactly. he hasn't made it to second yet. Well, a lot of exactly. times it might be also. Or he's like, assuming it's it going to yeah. come back, and yeah. so he's stopped because he thinks it's going to be exactly. caught out. Yeah. And then when it falls to earth, instead of it falling. <laughs> the third mm -hmm. guy. But how the, the first guy, though, oh, he got out because he ran past him. Uh, so the first guy um, was out because he was the hitter, okay? okay. He hit an infield fly. So an infield fly is basically a fly ball that goes just – not quite straight up, but it goes straight up, and it's going to come down within the infield. Okay. So you're out, okay, per, per the infield fly rule. I don't understand that rule. Um, basically, the infield fly rule is basically was put there to keep somebody from intentionally not catching the ball. Okay. Because if they don't catch it, then suddenly all the runners are scrambling to make it to the next base. So they're like, okay, now I'll pick the ball up off the ground and immediately I can throw it faster than they can run. Ah, and okay. And so it gets them out. In, All right. In order to keep it fair. I didn't even realize that was a rule. I don't <laughs> think I've ever heard of that particular rule before. Yeah. I don't think it's in minor. <clears throat> well, I don't know if it's I think do they use it in the college level. I don't know about college. I know in Major League Baseball it's used. I think, yeah. I mean, I can see the strategy to it. I mean, it yeah. makes sense to, to let it drop because you could probably much more easily get a double play <laughs> than exactly. in a situation like that. Yeah. But yeah, I just. Uh, I guess I'd never seen it come, you know, come about because I'm sure everybody knows about it yeah. anyway. But. And it's one of those things that, I mean, you know, baseball players like to catch a ball. Yeah. So when it comes down, they just catch it, and the person's already out even before they've caught the ball. Right. But as the viewer, you're like, oh, well, he caught the ball. That's why he's out. Right. Yeah. Fair. Well, I learned uh, the ways that you described the, how it could happen are interesting, <laughs> but I could have surmised those on my own. Oh. Um, but learning <laughs> about the actual, uh, the way that infield fly out rule, that's something I did not know at okay. all. So a new piece of information there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually know that passing someone, another I, runner got you out. I did yeah. know that, but it, that also seems so... Uh, it seems like illogical. Yeah, thing. illogical that it seems hard to believe that it would happen on any kind of a yeah <laughs> yeah well, i think like like if the other runner is um you know they're out you know like or for some reason you think that they're out right of course you're going to run past them yeah you know, so if you're mistaken yeah, yeah i can see that yeah very interesting yeah
Right. Um, so we'll go ahead and act one, scenes two, three, and four. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that the last fourth of that page? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the last uh, four bullets there. Okay. Um, so the second scene gets off to a slow start, but it does establish that Sophia is suddenly flush with cash and that Blanche has another fish on the line. And this one is, I quote, practically separated. The third scene starts off with a joke reinforcing that Blanche is a fisher of men. Blanche says she hopes to accumulate a six-month supply, which, considering the gold that's previously acted like they're living on borrowed time, seems fairly optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blanche's next catch, James, asks about mileage, and instead of just having Sophia deliver the punchline, they drag out the response and let Dorothy deliver it. It just seemed kind of hacky to me. Mm. And there's a knock at the door, and Sophia gets a delivery of watches. Uh, Dorothy gets hip to the fact that Sophia's coming to some money. She asks Sophia how she got it, and Sophia says it's because of her special friendship with Bill Rizzuto. <laughs> so Those Arnie and his daughter, folks. Caroline, arrive to interrupt Dorothy. See, I think I'm missing a page here. You stuck together? I think so. Maybe. They're not uh, out, of lot, out of order, are they? No, I guess I'm not. Oh, the knock of the door. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you just didn't push enter to get it down onto the next page yeah. to keep it together? <laughs> exactly, yes. It's the knock of the door. That I'm, so it's Arnie and his daughter, Caroline, and uh, they arrive to interrupt Dorothy's cross-examination of Sophia and Bill Rizzuto. Uh, we learn that uh, Caroline's a classical musician, and her specialty is the English horn. Uh, if you don't know, that's a member of the oboe family. And if you're like me, you've not heard it in Dmitry Shostakovich's first movement of the 1936 Symphony No. 4 in C minor. Uh, one place I have heard the English horn is in Basil Polidaris's 1982 soundtrack for Conan the Barbarian. Mm. Rose ain't the only one who likes legitimate theater. <laughs> uh, Rose, Arnie, and Caroline all head out to the Lanai for lunch, uh, and Dorothy answers the door and greets Blanche's next victim. Upon hearing that Blanche has already shown the car to at least one other person, this rube says he thought he'd be the first. Sophia claims Blanche has been peddling that lie for 40 years, but I'd say the number's probably closer to 55. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. uh, probably one of my favorite lines. That was a pretty solid one, but closer to 55. So you think that she's been sexually active since she was a toddler? I mean, isn't she like 67 or supposedly? No, I think she's supposed to be in her 50s in the uh, in the series. Oh, okay. So oh. I, I, I think, think 40 is fair. I think okay. she even talked about when she lost her she V card. Like 12 or 13 or something? I don't want to say, yeah. I want to yeah, say she talked young. about yeah. that in my previous episode. Mm-hmm. They mature faster in the South, she says. <laughs> she thinks it's well, the and, heat. And Others <laughs> think it's the gym. <laughs> Granted, we have uh, they're not known for their uh, continuity. They're <laughs> not. They're not. They embellish in the South. Yeah, but we get a great piece of continuity in the next episode. I'm looking forward to mentioning it. Oh, cool. I look forward to watching that one. <laughs> I've already watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Blanche and James return from their test drive. A bidding war erupts for Blanche's goods, and Sophia offers to cash a $5,000 check. It's a funny delivery by Sophia, and it leads to the first Shady Pines Ma from Dorothy. I applaud the future Golden Girls writer for sticking with the catchphrase because it doesn't get the warmest possible reception this first time around. So do you think that it gets more more positive receptions as it goes on? Yeah, I think once people are st- like, oh, well, there's the catchphrase. Ah. Is that the first time, really? I, they've Actually, talked about it many times before, but I thought... They've I think it's the first time she's actually said, like, Shady said, Pines, Ma. Hmm, interesting. Maybe. I mean, have you guys heard her say oh, it yeah, previously? Yeah. No, no, I don't think so, but I do recall it as being a, yeah, 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 a yeah. phrase that was used regularly. Like, within the history of our recap so far. Well, that is weird that it didn't show up in the series until yeah. halfway through the fifth season. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. 
So while in the kitchen, Dorothy learns that Sophia has received an extra $170,000 and she makes her uh, cause for returning the money to the government. Uh, we transition to the lanai and the luncheon that Rose is holding for Arnie and Caroline. The meal was well received by Arnie and Rose says she'll go get dessert. Caroline asks what it, what's in it and Rose says it's both a surprise and a vaccine. Um, Arnie's <laughs> anti-vaxxer daughter follows Rose to the kitchen to help. <laughs> While there, she tells Rose to keep her mitts off Miles and the first act ends with Caroline making it clear she ain't in the market for a new mommy. So. I got a, I got a comment. Sure. Yeah. So I'm all for honesty, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very pro-honesty. I'm not, I'm, I'm against stealing, of course. But man, Sophia's near the end of her days, right? Mm-hmm. She's got to sure. be kind of close. Yeah, I mean, she's you'd assume. Upper, pro- she's like 83 or something, right? Yeah, I mean, she, you would assume for most people that Sophia would be in her last decade, right. at least. And, and we've already talked about the fact that she's had some ailing like, sure. memory issues. Mm-hmm. I think she's got a pretty awesome case for just taking the money and running <laughs> because I don't know that Dorothy would be culpable, legally speaking, for any uh, extra funds. And these mm-hmm. girls are always yeah. strapped for cash. Yeah, I think it's a Rico thing. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I think it'd be a tough one to uh, to try to push past the government and the amount and the frequency she's getting them. I'd have to think someone's gonna notice would, eventually. Yeah, eventually probably, it's gonna be noticed. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. She never really argues with her that. If you don't return these checks, when they find out, you'll go to jail. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like, oh, you should be honest because you taught me about exactly. being honest, and that made me proud to be an American. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just seems like, like the, the the consequences do seem. Uh, she doesn't really talk about the consequences at, at all. all. Yeah. So, just, I mean, just integrity, basically. But I'm I'm thinking if she could uh, pull it off, though, man. That would be such a boon to the Goldens. <laughs> Do either of you two have the integrity where if you got $170,000 mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. that did not directly hurt any individual okay. and that you felt confident, really confident, would never have a repercussion to you uh-huh. that you would return that money still? Oh, no. I mean, like, if we're talking like it's from the government or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you got to return it. Okay. Yeah. But if it's like, you know, a couple of, you know, drug dealing gangbangers shoot each other mm-hmm. and I come across their bundle of money, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I guess it's just the good Lord finally smiled on me the way he does on Alan every single goddamn uh, day. <laughs> have you seen No no Country for Old Men? Yes. You're going to want to return that bag. <laughs> yeah. And Cliffhanger. It happened in that one, too. Did it? Yeah. It's a big... Oh, they ever saw Cliffhanger. Oh, it's so good. That's with uh, Stallone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Michael Rooker. I don't think I ever saw that one. Oh, it's good. I, I did have a couple lines to touch on before. Uh, I, I think you got most of them already, mm-hmm. um, you, or you at least alluded to yeah, them. Yeah. There was one line uh, that I, I did enjoy that you talked about being, you referred to how you thought it was a little hacky the way that Dorothy delivered some lines mm-hmm. um, that Sophia could have delivered. Yeah. Uh, but there was part of that that she said, um, when they were talking about it and she covered her mouth, she's like, how much mileage has she got on her? Uh, let's just say she's been around the block. Um, <laughs> I can't believe anything that beautiful is so cheap. <laughs> I thought those were solid lines. Yeah. I mean, even though, yes, uh, Dorothy did kind of steal the thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought they were solid lines nonetheless. Yeah. So it reminded me, um, so uh, there's a Dolly Parton concert I watched one time. It was some sort of a charity telethon thing or whatever. And she was like saying something like, this is, um, you know. Was Kenny Rogers in it? No, no, he was after he'd sort of retired or whatever. Mm. But basically, she said, "You know, um, I don't do nor I don't do a lot of these charity things. Normally, I just keep the money." <laughs> and everybody, <laughs> and everybody laughed. And she was like, "Don't laugh. You'd be surprised how much it costs to look this cheap." 
Yeah, I think Dolly Parton is a national treasure. For oh, sure. absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I don't know how old she is at this point, but um, she's seventy three ish, seventy four maybe. Wow. Yeah. Hopefully, she uh, passes Betty. Yeah, yeah. At least I, her I frame is. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? Her frame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they were standing side by side, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. <laughs> but anyways. I, I don't think there's anything else. There's a couple other things I've written down, but I believe they're here as we get into our final act. Gotcha. All right. But before we get there, though, okay, we've got a second deep dive. Okay. okay. What? Yep. Call Double this. deep diving, huh? That's right. Is this, this deeper or is this uh, about as deep? About as deep, you know. <laughs> okay. uh, we've got another triple play of death. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode aired on January 27th, and as we mentioned at the start of the episode, death doesn't take January 27th off just because it's Memorial Day in Sicily. In fact, on January 27, 1967, death got the triple play when it took out Apollo astronauts Gus Grissom, Edward Wright, and Roger Chapin. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> a cabin fire during a launch rehearsal killed all three <laughs> before they could make their first planned trip to the moon. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so, 43 years later, okay, which coincidentally is how long uh, Arnie and Caroline's mother were married, uh, Death got another triple play on January 27th, 2010. Okay. This time it got some frequent flyer miles and took souls from both coasts. Ah. So, 91-year-old J.D. Salinger died of natural causes in New Hampshire. Uh, this was almost 60 years after writing Teenage Prince's favorite book, Catcher in the Rye. Okay. That's a book that I've not gone back to in at least 25 years, and I'm okay with that. No good could come from me revisiting with, <laughs> with an adult's perspective. <laughs> so, um, 87-year-old Howard Zinn died of a heart attack in Santa Monica, California. His advocacy for a kinder, gentler nation that built its economy on the things people need, as opposed to things that are most profitable, got him labeled as a socialist. Wow. <laughs> In the interest of full disclosure, he also labeled himself a socialist. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> so, but he also called himself an anarchist, yet he died swimming laps in a Santa Monica swimming pool, <laughs> which has got to be one of the bougiest ways to die. I'm pretty sure that's the way the Joker died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Death completed this triple play with uh, 76-year-old Zelda Rubenstein. Uh, she died of natural causes. Um, where you're from, you probably best know her uh, from the later Poltergeist films or her appearances on Mr. Belvedere or Picket Fences. Around here, she's best known for her performance as Madame Serena in 1989's Teen Witch, and neither J.D. Salinger nor Howard Zinn could top that. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so, so a double deep dive from Brent today. That's, That's pretty, right. pretty impressive. Ah. That's right. Do you wish I'd spent more time with just the astronaut deaths? <laughs> you were really excited for a moment. I mean, I, I thought the uh, deep dive of de or uh, triple play of death was a, a joke of sorts. Yeah. And then, boom, right yeah. out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, the other ones, death probably didn't kill them at the exact same moment, but yeah. death really had his game on. Yeah. <laughs> so. It just it took me by surprise. It wasn't yeah. necessarily that I thought that we should have more astronauts dying or deep dive more into that specific one. Yeah. It just wasn't what I was expecting either. Gus <laughs> Grissom, he does have a uh, museum in the state, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he came from Indiana. Mm -hmm. I think we've had more astronauts than any other state. I really? That's right. interesting. Yeah. Uh, Purdue yeah. is huge oh. for because they've got one of the mm -hmm. very few uh, aeronautical engineering tracks in the nation. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I've been to the Gus Grissom Memorial. Thing. It's nice. Does it have the capsule? Um, not the one that he died in that burnt up, but like a proto earlier version or something okay. like that. Awesome. Yeah. 
if you let's say this the whole podcasting thing really takes off for you mm-hmm. and you become world renowned uh-huh. and you die in some way that you know is of some renown okay uh, do you want the thing that killed you or the thing you died in to be put on display uh, like in your museum so we so we erect the uh, the Brent museum somewhere okay. Okay. and it's full of memorabilia about your life and times mm-hmm. and career and whatnot mm-hmm. do you want us to have the you know slow cooker that exploded and, <laughs> <laughs> and in the jugular. I was going to say the half-masticated buffalo chicken wing that I choked yeah. to death on. <laughs> it's funny that we both went for a food related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we both know if I don't die peacefully in my sleep, it'll probably be related to a comically large sandwich or, or something. <laughs> Dagwood would have been proud. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel if they were like, yeah, they found his body and half of his six-foot Subway <laughs> sandwich was gone. <laughs> oh, God, did the dog eat it? No, but the dog wasn't even at home. <laughs> hey, poor bastard almost made it up through all eight feet. <laughs> he was a man of determination, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lettuce is ninety eight percent water and two percent death. Right. I think my daughter would agree with you yeah. on that. She's not a fan of lettuce. That's funny. All right, so act two. So the second act starts the um, the way most of Rose and Arnie's dates end, with Rose alone in the kitchen and Arnie out on the lanai. Uh, Blanche, Dorothy, and Sophia all come into the kitchen, and we learn that uh, four men are backed up in the living room like their flights trying to land at Dulles International Airport on Christmas Eve. Uh, the Goldens spend a moment at the kitchen table bringing the audience back up to speed on the current stakes. It's decided that Blanche will handle uh, Arnie and Caroline, while Dorothy is going to handle both Sophia's larceny and Blanche's suitors. Uh, Dorothy and Sophia have a talk in Sophia's room about how good America has been to her. Dorothy reminds Sophia that she came to America to get away from soccer, and it breaks my heart to think of Sophia rolling over in her grave when she finds out what this place has become. <laughs> so, the scene ends with Sophia claiming she'll send the money back to Uncle Sam. So, uh, we go to the lanai and Blanche's delivery of the cake. Arnie compliments uh, Rose's cooking, and Blanche intentionally stirs the pot. Arnie tells Caroline that, after being too married to her mother for 43 years, he's ready for something different. He leaves to talk with Rose, and Blanche convinces Caroline that Arnie could do a lot worse. Yep. Uh, we cut to the living room where Sophia and Dorothy are trying to calm down Blanche's gentleman callers. Uh, Dorothy peels the two Blanches interested off from the herd and takes them into the kitchen. Sophia tells the losers that she's Kay Ballard, uh, Roger Carmel's co-star and the mother's-in-law, and that the two remaining um, buyers are on a hidden camera show. As a side note, I've not seen the mother's-in-law, but I love me some Roger Carmel. He, or- <laughs> <laughs> he originated the role of Harry Mudd in the original Star Trek series, and outside of Gavin McCloud, I cannot imagine anyone else being able to play that part. Uh, my understanding is that Rain Wilson is currently playing him on Paramount Plus in one of those Star Trek shows, and uh-huh. I hope he's honoring Mr. Carmel's legacy. Uh, the living room scene ends with Dorothy making plans to have a late dinner with Thomas, and with Sophia slipping Thomas a few bucks to take Dorothy someplace nice. I'm glad Sophia took the high road. It would have been just as easy for her to tell Thomas not to worry about any, anything fancy. Dorothy's cheap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we go to the kitchen where Arnie and Rose are discussing uh, the Caroline situation. Uh, once again, Harold Gould makes a compelling argument about why he's the best fit for Rose. 
And then Arnie leaves as the other Goldens enter the kitchen. Uh, Blanche discovers that Thomas has chosen Dorothy over her and on the surface is gracious in defeat. And the episode ends with her trying to pin a Grand Theft Auto rap on Dorothy. <laughs> we had a comedic lull in Act 2, but the episode ended strong. Yeah. It was a Mercedes, right? That she was trying to sell? Yeah, a rented yeah, yeah. Mercedes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a line there near the end. It was in that, uh, that talk that uh, Rose and, and Miles were having with each other yeah. where... I think Miles says something to the effect about, you know, Rose being smart or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And, and the Rose like, oh, you are vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was nice that she, yeah. that she acknowledged. A little self-awareness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little self-deprecating humor yeah, from Rose exactly. is, is appreciated. Yeah. There's one other one, too, but I can't recall what it was about. So maybe one of you two can. That uh, Sophia says, not in the kitchen, you'll dry out the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was she referring to? Is it them kissing? Was yeah. she kissing? Oh, okay. Yeah. So. A little smooch. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways, uh, well, we did have a few. Did you have well, anything else to one add last before? Thing. Yeah, go for it. So, you know, I know it's basically a plot device, so I'm not trying to poo all over it, but. Okay. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it seems like Blanche was just really struggling to find a reason why she couldn't sell the car. Mm. First of all, she could have come out and just told them, hey, it's a rental. I just wanted to get you guys here. Mm-hmm. And I bet none of them would have been all that offended. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of them wanted the car. Yeah. But you could also just say, hey, I got a phone call, and then just like way outbid all of them. Yeah, be like, it yeah, this like person's offering me 50 grand or whatever, yeah, way a above. Bevy of like, different... I've already accepted an offer. I can't go back. Yeah. I promised it or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there could have been better ways to handle it. But like you said, at the same time, they wouldn't have it's, worked yeah. for the same comedic mm-hmm. effect. If everybody just like, oh, okay, and then left. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Congratulations on the sale. Defeated again. <laughs> Maybe we can go out sometime and you'll get exactly what you wanted. <laughs> so we did have um, five guest actors in that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, of course, uh, Harold Gould playing yeah. Not Arnie. Yeah. Uh, this was his Not third. Not Arnie. Not Arnie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is his uh, third episode out of 13. Okay. So uh, we'd definitely be seeing him several more times. Uh, we also had uh, really uh, Molly Hogan. Uh, she played Caroline. Oh, yeah. Um, this is her only Golden Girls, but mm-hmm. she does have 156 titles to her name. Uh, probably uh, best known as uh, Abilene Walker um, in 32 episodes of Walker, mm-hmm. at least from recent uh, yeah, yeah. you know, recent shows. Mm-hmm. The thing I definitely, I, I've seen her in lots of things. She's the kind of actress that pops up a lot. She was in Herman's Head. That mm-hmm. was another yeah. big one. She was in, I think, the entire series of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing all, that all eight episodes, <laughs> well, it was seventy-two episodes. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Wow, I didn't realize I mm-hmm. had that many. Yeah. <laughs> but she, uh, she was on an episode of Friends where mm-hmm. that I don't know why, but it's always one that just sticks out to me. Where Monica takes a cooking class. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes into the wrong class, but then mm-hmm. she wants to stay in there because it makes her feel good to be better than the yeah. other students. <laughs> and that woman is the teacher of that class, and mm-hmm. I, I always remember her from that. Yeah. There was another one. She played the role of Melanie in the uh, show Swedish Dicks, um, oh. <laughs> which I thought, you know, it's a call out to Sweden, so I'll, I'll definitely yeah. throw that one in there. Yeah. And then she was in Seinfeld, and I don't know. It, yeah. She's had a long, good career. Yeah. Um, good on her. We also had a Remy Schnill, or Remy Schill. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I played Thomas. 188 titles to his name. Only Golden Girls for him. He was in some Brent favorites. He had an episode of a Sledgehammer, mm-hmm. an episode of um, a Mork and Mindy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's one of your favorites, but uh, <laughs> but anyways. I'm aware of it. Right. <laughs> he was in a couple episodes of one of my dad's favorite, the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, I think that may be my dad's favorite show of all time. Yeah, I think it was my dad's as well. Um, they um, I watched a few episodes of the Andy Griffith show the other day, 
and I can't remember what it was. Something happened, and I was like, oh, that is something I would like to discuss on the podcast, but now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> was it because, it, was it Remy Schultz? Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, he also played in 85 episodes of a show I've never heard of called Battle of the Planets. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of that I've one? I've heard of it, yeah. Okay. Uh, real quick. Um, yeah. There was a really good joke. One of the episodes I watched, um, Opie got a um, like a Canadian nickel or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he tossed it in the offering plate at church. And Andy's like, you know, what do you think the Lord's going to do with a Canadian nickel? And Opie's like, missionary work? <laughs> which I, <laughs> which I, I thought was just really funny. <laughs> um, let's see, we also had uh, William Court. He played James. 78 uh-huh. titles for him. This is his second of two Golden Girls. He was also on a, a Golden Girls classic, um, at least one that has come up a lot. In the last couple of years, uh, season one, episode twenty-one, flu attack. Oh. Yeah. I know, so close, so <laughs> close. Um, and then we had Lance. He played uh, Winston. Mm-hmm. This is only Golden Girls, mm-hmm. and he had twenty-six titles to his name. Yeah. So when um, like when I was checking the guest stars and I saw William Court on there, like I had this one brief moment where I thought I thought it was Bud Court. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then our last actor, we had a uh, Lance Winston White. He played the delivery boy. Oh yeah. Twenty-six titles to his name, and this is his only goal. Yeah, he played a lot of delivery boys and stuff, didn't he? Uh, probably, but I mean, it's only 26, so he didn't play a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> played two dozen more than I did. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, Skeez, who was your MVP for this episode? Um, I think for this one, maybe uh, I always had to go with Sophia a lot of times because of the, the great zingers. Mm-hmm. But I never go with Blanche on this one because she had a really good closing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I like the... It was underhanded, but I think it was funny how she called the cops. Well, fair enough. I didn't love Blanche in this episode, yeah. but uh, what about you, Brent? Who uh, got? Sophia. Sophia? Um, I just thought that opening joke um, you know, about, oh, next time I'll accept the charges. Mm. I just really liked that for some reason. I actually went Miles in this one. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I thought he was good. I thought that his, I liked the way that he was really going on and on about how great that fish dish was. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah. Even the, even the eyes with the red hots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Candied? Uh, like herring Candied so. herring, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes it from scratch. No store-bought yeah. frozen. Yeah, that was one I really, I thought I'd. Uh... I think you're onto something, because I really like the way Harold Gould laughs. Mm-hmm. Like one of the Goldens will say something funny, and he'll laugh. He's like, oh, I'm tickled by what you've said. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a professor, right? Exactly, But he yeah. seems really well matched for Rhodes, just from like a, percep- like a personality standpoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they've got, you know. Their emotional intelligence is the same, yeah. even if their, you know, intelligence, intelligence isn't. <laughs> Do you think that that would work for you, Brent? Be with somebody who you thought was significantly less intelligent than oh, you, but that no. was on the same wavelength as you in yeah. other ways? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but I, so, Go ahead. I, so if you had to choose, okay, you know, I'll open this question up to Ski as well. Um, <laughs> but I'm talking to you, so you have to answer first. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's, for the sake of argument, okay, you know, let's say, you know, you guys have an IQ of 100, okay, because right. um, that's average, you okay. know, so you have an average IQ, it's 100, okay? All right. Now, you're offered a 10% differential, okay? All right. Um, but here's the thing, okay, you can either have, you know, an increase of 10%, okay, so it'll go up to 110, mm-hmm. but as a result people will treat you 
is if you're 10% dumber. Okay. So they'll act like you're 90, but you're actually 110. Okay. Yeah. Or you can go the other way, and you can actually just be 10% dumber. So it's actually 90, but people are going to treat you like it's 110. I think we've got that in politics, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you rather have? Would you rather be smarter but have people treat you like you're dumber, or would you rather be dumber and have them treat you like you're smarter? See, that's a tough. Because on the one hand, I think everybody—that's a tough. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to enact it right now? Panowski, <laughs> you need to treat me like I'm ten percent smarter, so I can <laughs> weigh out <laughs> which I prefer. Yeah. Uh, but. The thing is, is that if people think you're 10% smarter, you're going to have more opportunities. And since you're 10% dumber, you're going to realize less. Uh-huh. You know, like, I think dumb people are happier people because mm. they don't necessarily realize the, yeah. you know, crap in the world yeah. um, as much. Or maybe yeah. they're not as affected by yeah. it as much. So on the one hand, I think you'd be happier. Uh-huh. You'd have more success. Uh-huh. but You'd be better compensated exactly. and happier. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. So I... I but it's still tough to say I'd rather be dumber. Exactly. Like, I think I'm a, a, a relatively intelligent person. Oh, so you think you shave 10% off and still be smarter than the average bear? I think if I shaved 10% <laughs> off, I'd be the average bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm way, way above the average bear. <laughs> <So>. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I can't top the wording on that one. My answer isn't going to measure up. It's exactly. Yeah, I can see your point. I mean, it's one of those things. Like, if you if you started off like below the curve already, it's right. like I can't afford to lose another ten percent. Yeah, you know I, mean? exactly. I might be getting paid more at work, but I won't be able to tie my shoes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm constantly worried about you know the football team making fun of my radio. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do, you, do you have an answer to Brent's uh, question? Yeah, actually, I would go the opposite. Mm. I kind of like being underestimated sometimes. Okay. It gives me an opportunity to uh, to outshine my expectations. <laughs> so do you think, so for you, it would be like, people think you're dumb, but they're always impressed by how well you did, considering your limited sure. intellect. <laughs> so even if you're doing average work, they yeah. think they think you're exceeding that's expectations. That's a special yeah. opportunity for him, yeah. <laughs> It's one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld where they think Kramer's retarded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have well, a job? Good for you. <laughs> so, did, did we, oh, we didn't get around to the last part. Um, that was a great question, though, Brent. A uh, nice sidebar. Uh, so, Ski, how many slices of cheesecake did this one get for you? Um, I thought they pulled that. I'm going to give actually more based on uh, Brent's recap of the triple plays. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'll give it a six and a half. Six and a half? That's a solid score. How about you, Brent? I think I'm going, like, if you would have asked me, you know, at the end of the first act, you know, or mm-hmm. even just like the opening scene, I'd have been in the sevens, yeah. you know, but because of the lull in the back half, um, I think I'm at six and a half as well. I, I liked it quite a bit, too. I gave it a six, not mm-hmm. quite as uh, much as you two, but I'd agree. They, they got off to an eight start, mm-hmm. then had a four middle and mm-hmm. a six end, so I think mm-hmm. a six is where I, yeah. would, <laughs> I would drop it in yeah. at. A solid episode, for sure. One of the better episodes <laughs> of the season, but it didn't. You're you know. always just dropping in a six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you average less. <laughs> <laughs> It's my own fault for accepting the deal that it feels 10% bigger. 
I'm sure that your wife appreciates it. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, I know uh, we've had a few other comments. <laughs> and I won't say, I won't go over them specifically, but several people. You said, like, oh, I'm sure your wife appreciates it. And I almost said, it's like, I'm not sure I'll ask her on the fourth Thursday of the month. Uh. <laughs> this one was a really funny joke. It made me laugh. And then I got sidetracked by my own internal chuckling. <laughs> so you couldn't get your own joke out because you were laughing at it internally too much first. Exactly. I needed an applause break. <laughs> I think some of my favorite sidebars are Brent's like eruption of laughter mm. at something he's thinking of. Right. And then he gets to explain it to us. <laughs> it's only bad if, if it's too esoteric yeah. for the rest of us. <laughs> and it's like, it's really funny in Brent's head because he just has, you know, mm-hmm more knowledge and whatnot <laughs> about certain subjects especially. But anyways, uh, one, this was not a specific comment, but there were several people that made a comment to this effect. Because Brent, uh, you know, again, like you talked about on the Instagram, he likes to be self-deprecating, mm-hmm. you know, not just towards himself, mm-hmm. but specifically towards the podcast. Mm-hmm. More towards the podcast than towards yeah. himself, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was talking about it being a short episode and people being grateful for that, more or less. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people chimed in. They actually like our long episodes. The, really? the, so they prefer. Mm-hmm. I think it was more because it just cuts through more of their day. <laughs> so it gets them, they're closer to the weekend when it's done. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that that was nice as well. So, yeah. And this one has sailed over an hour. So uh, so this will be a, a little better for those who prefer a longer episode. Yeah. Very nice. So. Anyway, so I don't know. With nothing else left to say, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. You know, basically, just a, a guy who spreads his seed around a lot. But um, and he was a guy who, but like inside ladies, yeah. not just like on you know yeah. playgrounds. Yeah, it wasn't like <laughs> I on wouldn't our... go into stall number two, guys. Yeah, it wasn't like on Brent's desk or anything <laughs> like that. Um, How are yeah. you doing today? <laughs> yeah, he he wasn't a good guy, but he did seem to um, like. There was a girl that we were both friends with. I, I don't think you ever had designs on her, mm-hmm. right? No, no, no. Okay. She was the lesser of the two yeah. in that demographic. <laughs> well, so, so yeah, there, <laughs> there were two people of a similar nationality, um, and Brent had a bit of a crush on one. This was a while back. This mm-hmm. was way before. This, this was back when you could have um, a call center of like 300 people with only two bilingual reps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and these were the two. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, so anyway, the other one, and she was a, a nice person. She was kind of like an it girl kind of a person, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would say way cooler than Brent or I ever would have even attempted to try oh, to yeah. be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, though. And but, I like that you said would have attempted to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could have attempted and failed miserably. Oh, yeah. We didn't even bother. That's the thing. I think that you and I know our station in life well enough mm-hmm. to know that there may be a level higher than where I'm at that I could get to, yeah, yeah. but it ain't that one. Exactly. <laughs> There's a law of diminishing returns to trying any harder than I currently do. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Yeah. So anyway, this particular guy, he he just messed her around a lot. It bothered you know us because she was a friend of ours, but it was just mm-hmm. he treated her badly. Now in and her work suffered as a result. Right, and her life suffered as a result. Like yeah. it was just bad all around, and she yeah. got I think probably close to uh, getting into you know yeah. serious trouble at work. Um, yeah. Be- before she got out of the relationship, mm-hmm. but anyways, and he was the supervisor, and she was not. So yeah, it was just all around inappropriate there and he was older too yeah yeah Um, yeah. anyway he was also in the reserves and he went off to afghanistan or iraq or one of these places ended up losing his legs in an ied or wasn't i i think he somebody else iud iud yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I think it was a landmine type situation if i recall um but uh because because he makes lemons out of uh, or lemonade out of lemons he Got like some special prototype type um, robot legs, yeah, robot legs, and became like a spokesperson for the Colts. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so there was a guy who. Now, don't get me wrong; he puts the mall in Doc Mall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so he probably went from slaying a little bit to slaying a lot. Oh, sure. Yeah. Apparently, he found mm-hmm. Jesus at some point, but uh-huh. then I think he was still cheating on his girl mm-hmm. that he found Jesus with with the girl that we were friends with. Yeah. Well, that's what Jesus would have wanted. (laughs) Well, if we listen to our friends on the right, that's... uh... (laughs) Slinging just as much, only four inches further from the ground. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, so anyways, um, he he is definitely more the kind of person who Brent would not want his misery to benefit. (laughs) Right, yeah. Not that Brent wants misery, but I, you know, like yeah. I said, I think any of us, if yeah. we if we have misery, we no, have to I, deal I with it. I got the uh, good gist of the dude. That's okay. good. Kind of one of those things <laughs> where <laughs> a lot of people did, <laughs> and the bad gist of him as well. Um, anyways, all right. Um, well, I think we're ready when you guys are. Um, I don't think I'm going to bother with interactions today i'll just tell okay. people that i didn't have a chance to okay. I, i've gone through them but i didn't have a chance to prepare them okay hope you keep that part in <laughs> well i mean i could be like he lied to me <laughs> i mean it is the truth i'm, yeah. I'm just going to be honest yeah, yeah, and say yeah. normally i like to kind of yeah. you know go through them and, and be a little prepared yeah. but tonight i ended up having a last minute thing that i had wanted mm-hmm. to do and forgot to do and then yeah. hurried up and got done yeah but that didn't leave me the time to compile the interactions like i'd like That's to fine. i've got stuff I can oh say. Yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. no uh, no. 